0: Hi everybody, and welcome to the Junction Church podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Anyway, we're continuing with the, the Presence series, and in this series, we're focusing on the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And um, how are you getting on with the with the four minutes for four weeks? I think this is a this is a super thing in the life of of our church in Inverness and I'm sure it is here too. Um, because it's it's not only for us. It's something I've been thinking about a lot Recently, it's not only for us. We, yes, we we need to spend time in the presence of God. We need to to seek Him for our um, for our own growth and development. But it's also for the world around us, because um, when we go out into our workplaces, what are we communicating? What are we sharing? What um, sort of life are we living in front of the in front of the people in a high pressure environment? How do we react when things get tough? How do we respond uh, when difficulties come our way? If we haven't spent time with God that morning, then uh, we're likely to slip up from time to time. There's a friend of mine who was in our um, church many years ago, and he had just moved to Inverness, and He'd, he'd started work for a local courier company, and he was very excited. He was a guy with a great evangelistic heart, and um, he was really looking forward to going in and, and sharing with all the, the guys, in his faith with all the guys in the workplace. And he went in and, and started to tell people he was a Christian and started to enthuse about God, and almost immediately he realized there's a problem. And... Um, People were, um, were not responding at all well when he, um, when he started mentioning anything to do with God. And uh, he soon found out what the problem was. And it was there was already a Christian in the workplace. And this guy was known as the grumpiest, most irritable, most <laughs> annoying, um, most um, angry person in that workplace. And he had really done God and the gospel a disservice (laughs) that my friend, I think, took a couple of years to to undo. (laughs) And, you know, it would have helped that guy a lot if he had spent four minutes in the presence of God every day before he'd gone into the workplace. Because we all have that conflict inside us, the flesh versus the spirit. And um, if we just roll out of bed and head off to work without a God connection, then it's likely the flesh will be manifesting in the workplace. Our key passage for this series is Ephesians 3, 14 to 19. For this reason, I kneel before the Father and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. What does that mean? You know, we can never be omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. That That simply isn't going to happen. It isn't part of God's plan. So, what does it mean to be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God? You know, I believe we can get to a position where we have access, free access, to every spiritual resource we need to live the life that God has called us to live. And it's all about connection. Our last foreign holiday was in Italy. And We hired um, two little cars. You know me, I'm always looking for a bargain. And um, the the interesting thing about hiring cars is it is much cheaper to hire two small cars than to hire one great big one. So, of course, I go for two small ones. And, um, of course, I'm not paying the exorbitant extra um, to get a sat-nav. So... um, we 're driving around in these two little Fiat pandas um, relying on Google Maps running on the iPhone and These pandas are fine on the uh, on the open road, but uh, we 're in liguria i don 't know if you 're familiar with that, but it 's quite a mountainous region and um, I took a little detour one day um a shortcut. <laughs> It, um, on the map, on Google Maps, it looked like it, um, it cut off a whole wing of the city so that we could, um, we could get where we were going much, much faster. Um, but the reason there wasn't much um, of the city in, in this area was it was halfway up a mountain. <laughs> and it's a single-track road. And so we turn off the off the street and immediately start going up this steep single track road and i 'm thinking we must not meet anything coming down if I have to stop on here i 'll never get going again. This little engine just about managed to keep crawling up, uh, but a start on the hill no way <laughs> and i 'm um, so relieved when we get to, to get to the top of that hill. And I think, right, I'll be planes sailing from now on. Round the next corner, we're going up another hill. <laughs> and um, so it continues for some considerable time. <laughs> the, um, the engines of the cars get hotter and hotter, and so does my iPhone. <laughs> um, because uh, Google Maps is, um, is very, very battery-hungry. And it's churning away as we um, wiggle through this this um, mountainous village, and Google Maps is not perfect. Has anybody found that? <laughs> uh, it's, it's pretty good in the UK, but um, at um, one point in our journey, we um, we actually reached a sort of um, pass or or high point, and then we started coming down. And again, I'm I'm relieved. I'm I'm thinking right, we're we're on our way out now. We're we're going down. It's still really steep. It's still a one single track road, and then we reach somebody's orchard, <laughs> and um, Google Maps thinks the uh, the track goes on through the orchard. <laughs> But it doesn't. (laughs) So there's nothing for it but turn around and go back up the hill. And um, before long, the battery is is utterly flat on the iPhone. And I'm thinking, what do I do now? Fortunately, out of one of the kids' pockets comes a power pack. And um, I think, praise God for power packs. (laughs) And We eventually um, managed to get off this mountain. But the power pack didn't last all day either. And, you know, what I'm thinking is a battery, a power pack, however, it, however good it is, if you're, if you're out in the car, if you've got a, a mobile device, then it's limited. And it's like that with us when we try to live disconnected with God. We can, we can carry a, a charge for a certain amount of time, but um, we need that God connection. Yeah. Otherwise, we're going to go flat. Contrast that with the mains. There is, I know technically there's a limitation, but there is nothing you can plug into these sockets that, um, that is going to drain the national grid. Yeah. <laughs> to all intents and purposes, it's limitless. Yeah. And it's like that with God. And that's, I believe, what it means being filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. When you have a mobile device, there's always limitation. When you plug into the maidens, the limitation is gone. And all the fullness means we're drawing power from the maidens and not from the iPhone battery. He's the God of no limits. Back in, um, in 2 Kings chapter 4, there's a lady who has an encounter with the prophet and learns about the, the God of no limits. She cries out to Elisha for help one day. This is a lady who's been married to, to one of Elisha's helpers and he's died and she's left with these massive debts. And Elisha tells her to do a strange thing. He tells her to, to go and get a whole lot of jars. And he says this, he says, don't just ask for a few. You see, e- Elisha's got a, a big view of God. This woman, she's in a panic. She, she's thinking, oh, the, the creditor's going to sell my sons as slaves, and she can't see any way out. But in obedience to Elisha, she gathers the jars, and then Elisha tells her to start pouring the oil. She's got a little bit of oil left in the house and she begins to pour and the oil keeps on pouring and the oil keeps on pouring. And let's pick up the story in 2 Kings 4 verse 5. She left him and afterwards shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there's not a jar left. And then the oil stopped flowing. Notice what stopped the flow of oil here. It was not the source of the oil, yeah. but it was the availability of vessels. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And oil in the Bible is often a picture of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And it's just like that with God. The filling of our lives with the Holy Spirit is not restricted by a limited supply, but by the availability of vessels. Yeah. God will fill what vessels are made available to him. And the issue, therefore, is what capacity we present to God, what we're offering him to to fill. He's not holding back because he's the God of no limits. The disciples, Jesus' disciples found this out also. One day, they're up on a hillside miles from anywhere. The crowd has followed Jesus. The the crowd has basically gate-crashed a private Teaching session and that Jesus is holding with his disciples. But um Jesus welcomes them anyway. There's it says in the Bible, there's five thousand men plus women and children, and they're all gathered on this hillside. And the disciples are looking at the crowd with natural eyes, and they're they're thinking there's no way we can feed this lot. They see only limitation, but then Jesus does something amazing. He takes a few loaves, he takes a few fish, he tears them apart, and he keeps on tearing them apart, and he keeps on tearing them apart until every person in that crowd is fed. And the disciples go round after the people have gone and collect twelve baskets of leftovers. And you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that, that very soon after this Peter makes his declaration you are the Messiah the son of the living God. We can see that Peter's beginning to get it. He's beginning to see that this is, is Jesus, the God of more than enough, the God of no limits. You see, we serve a God of abundance. And sometimes it's a bit difficult for us to get our heads around that. There's so much stinginess in human society, in human nature, that we struggle to comprehend the generosity of God. A lady was telling Kate earlier this year that um, she was travelling to her church one day when she noticed this guy stop in the village street and he got out of his car, walked up to somebody's garden, leaned over the fence and began picking the daffodils. And um, once he'd accumulated um, quite a bunch of daffodils, he got into his car and drove off again. And uh, she thought no more of it and um, went off to church. Lo and behold, at the end of the church service, this same guy appears cl- clutching the, his his bunch of daffodils, and um, turns out another lady in the church is his mother. And um, he walks up to her with a big smile on his face and says, Happy Mother's Day. (laughs) (laughs) He's too stingy to spend a penny to buy his mother some flowers. But, you know, most of us, we're conditioned by stinginess. I remember when I was at university, I was in church one Sunday morning uh, when I the offering came around, and I really got convicted about the, um, the amount that I'd been putting in the offering. And um, so I made a, a, a decision on the spot, I'm going to radically increase my giving here. Guess what I increased it to? One pound a week. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> stinginess is part of human nature. And and we're also conditioned to to expect stinginess also from from, from other people. A colleague of mine, before his retirement, he used to annually organise school trips that went um, off to Africa and various other exotic places, and they'd do a lot of fundraising. And at one point, he he was working with another church in town. He's not a Christian himself. He wouldn't know anything about church. And um, the church hosted a fundraising event for him, and then gave him a donation of 150 pounds. And he was absolutely blown over. He, he said to me, "This church is is so generous. They they, they gave us 150 pounds. Imagine that." And I said, "Yeah, that's that's very nice." And, it was, it was nice they gave it, but and I realized his, um, his expectations were so low. Um, and maybe that tells us something about um, people's expectations of church as well. But, um, but you know, we, we live in a, a stingy society, by and large, and we expect stinginess from other people. But God is not like that. And we need a revelation of his greatness and a revelation of his desire to bless us. Listen to a few things that the the Psalms say about God. These aren't on on the screen. I'll just read them to you. Come and see what God has done. How awesome his works on man's behalf. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. You crown the year with your goodness. And your paths drip with abundance. And we can apply these verses to natural prosperity. And and rightly so. I believe God does want us to prosper in the natural. But even more important is spiritual prosperity. Now I was thinking, if the church started giving people money every Sunday when they came to a service... At some point, our services would begin to grow. Uh, I, w- I wonder how much money we'd have to give people to make a significant difference. But, you know, at some point, we're, we're going to reach a place where, um, where people think it's, uh, it's worthwhile for me to, to go to church rather than doing when, whatever else I, I do on a Sunday. But think of this every Sunday, we are giving away. Something that is much more valuable yeah. than money. Yeah. 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 Spiritual riches. Mm-hmm. And they're not just available uh, during the Sunday service, but also in your daily time with God. Yeah. You know, if, um, if we could do something for four minutes that would, um, that would pay us a tenner every day, I think most of us would do it. <laughs> But what could you receive from God during your four minutes? What could you receive from God it's by being in his presence for that, that space of time? What could you receive to bless yourself and to bless other people in the course of your day? Jesus said in John seven thirty eight Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. But you know, Jesus has now been glorified. The Spirit has been given. And this living water Jesus is referring to is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And it doesn't say drops, it doesn't say trickles, it doesn't even say streams. It says rivers of living water. This is the God of abundance. And he's pouring his spirit out on our lives. And if we'll only open up to him, his Holy Spirit will flow into our lives like a mighty waterfall. He'll be crashing around us in waves. He's not the God of barely making it. He's a God of no limits. Another few promises. This lot are from the New Testament. The Bible says God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. It says he's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And it says he is able to equip you with everything good for doing his will. This is a God of no limits. This is a God who wants to bless your life. John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life, said Jesus. No one comes to the Father except through me. And, you know, when we see the word life, what what does life mean to us? Um, Life to to most people means a... means a beating heart or or maybe if you if you're a bit more medically minded it's um, electrical signals in the brainstem <laughs> but what's Jesus talking about here life the, in the Greek that, that word carries so much meaning here's some some definitions from a Bible dictionary the, the Greek word is Zoe and it means the absolute fullness of life both essential and ethical, which belongs to God. Life real and genuine, a life active and vigorous, devoted to God, blessed. In the portion, even in this world, of those who put their trust in Christ, but after the resurrection, to be consummated by new accessions. Man, we've got some big words in here, haven't we? (laughs) Among them, a more perfect body. And to last forever. It's life, Jim. But not as we know it. (laughs) (laughs) This is not just about a beating heart. This is not just about neurons firing in a brain. This is a whole new dimension. This is living above and beyond the normal. This is a new kind of life that we can only enter into through our God. We don't have any spiritual resources in our natural selves. And so if we want spiritual resources, we need to make ourselves vessels to allow God to flow through, to become channels of his spirit and his power. And so that connection is vital. We need to be plugged in to God. We don't have this resource in us, and so we need to be connected to its source. I read a bit of a sad story on the BBC News the other day. It, it started with a very happy story for a for a couple who um, who won this massive amount of money on the Euro Millions lottery. I think 360 million pounds. Man, what would you do with three? Uh, sorry, 160. 160 million pounds. But what would you do with with 160 million pounds? But anyway, this couple had a had a son and. Naturally, as caring parents, they they wanted to share some of their winnings with the son. And so they gave him a million pounds. As you do. (laughs) And... The problem was, this young man and his boyfriend um, spent the, the million pounds rather quickly. And then came back for more. And then came back for more. And... Soon the parents were not feeling as generous as they were before and so the young man began to complain and from that point on the relationship went downhill pretty fast and it ended up with dad saying no more money and the son taking him to court and suing him (laughs) because he believed he had a legal right um, to share in his money. Not surprisingly, the parents won the court case. But you know, this young man, he didn't understand that the benefits flowed from relationship and not from legality. Had he humbly come back to his dad in repentance, he might well have got some more money. But by chasing it through the courts, he's got absolutely nothing. We live in a right-focused society. Yeah. But, but even in human society, there are some things that we cannot claim by right. Yeah. Some things come only through relationship. Yeah. And how much more is that true of God? We have no right to claim anything from yeah. God. He, he doesn't owe us a thing. Yeah. Yeah. But as a loving father, he wants to bless his children who are in relationship with him. <coughs> Everything we have in God starts in relationship. Relationship comes first, and the benefits flow from it. And, you know, the benefits are great. We love the the benefits that flow from our relationship with God. They're wonderful, and His resources are truly limitless. But we need to remember that anything we need comes from being Plugged into the mains. Anything we need comes from being connected to the river. Anything we need from God flows out of relationship with Him. And so let's seek His presence. Let's pursue Him daily. Let's value the God connection in our lives. Let's enter into the fullness of all He has for us. Because He's the God of no limits. But he's also our Father, and he wants to bless his children. So let's pursue him this week. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.junctionchurch.com. God bless.